relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. This is America First, the manhood hour. What is it that makes a man? What are the non-negotiable things you have to demonstrate? Well, perhaps one of them is a willingness to risk it all and to tell the truth in public, even when it might cost you because the truth is just so important. Here's a reminder of how it's done, a video that went viral and a video that shows you what it means to have a backbone. Play cut. You can take the guns away from us all you want to. You all write a law, I follow the law, I'll bring my guns down here, I'll turn them in. But here's what's going to happen. The Crips and the Bloods on the other side of town, they're not going to turn their guns in. They're going to hold on to them. And what's going to happen when you have to send the police down there to go take them? The police can barely enforce the law as it is. It's what I see. We demonize the police, criminalize and, and, and vilify the police, and we make the criminals into victims. And we're talking about restricting guns? How are you going to do that? Vilifying and criminalizing the law-abiding and doing nothing to stop the actual criminal, that's just a statement of fact. That brief extemporaneous speech at a town hall meeting in North Carolina propelled its speaker to become the 35th lieutenant governor of that great state. And he's with us today for the Manhood Hour. We consider him a friend of America First. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, welcome. Good to be here as always, Dr. Gorka. Very good to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, I think we've been in communication for at least the last six, maybe even nine months about getting you back in studio here. Uh, We set it up and it doesn't happen. And I think I know why. I don't think you're afraid of the swamp. I think you're one of those lieutenant governors that actually does stuff. So I think you might be a little bit busy. Is that the explanation? I am. We're very busy here across the state of North Carolina, and uh, we desperately want to get back up there and visit with you inside the studio. And I believe it pretty soon we're going to be able to make that happen. And not only that, before we started today, he he gave out some classified information. He told me his favorite Vietnamese Chinese combination restaurant in Chinatown. So I, you got to come here because we got to have that. What is it? The uh, orange walnut chicken or whatever it was that sounded. Honey amazing. walnut shrimp. Honey. Wa- oh, honey walnut shrimp. Oh, Very good. Oh, Very all right. Good. All right. That's a date. We'll make it happen. In the meantime, we're going to do this remotely. It's great to have you on the show. We're going to talk about uh, the assault on manhood, the assault on masculinity. But for those who who missed that video when it came out, which truly went viral, I reposted it. So did thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of others. Would you just remind us what was the background to that what were you doing at the time and if i recall it was about the local council trying to ban a gun show you weren't even an owner of a firearm you served in the army but you weren't you didn't own an ar back then and and you just decided to stand up and make a speech so tell us what were you doing back then and why did you decide to take the podium 
Oh, uh, well, back then I was a, and my life was very busy. I was working full time at a furniture manufacturing facility and I was going to school full time at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro uh, trying to uh, attain my history degree. I, in fact, I was in I think I may have been in my last semester at UNCG. Uh, and uh, I was had been saving money for a while to buy an AR-15 from the Greensboro Gun Show when I heard that the city council was trying to virtue signal uh, through canceling the show because of what happened down in Florida, the shooting in Parkland. And um, you know, I did a, I do a whole I did that time I was doing a lot of politicking on uh, social media. I was more or less a kind of minor uh, social media influencer in that sphere. Uh, did a lot of talking about, uh, you know, gun rights and other things. And uh, I figured, you know, well, they're about to have this meeting that's pertinent to the, to an issue that I'm passionate about. I, I need to go and support the people that I know that will be there speaking. Did not plan on speaking. But when I got down there and I heard some of the things that were said. Uh, hang on, I, hang on. Quite- I just I got to clarify that you went to that town hall meeting with with without the intention of addressing it. Oh, no. Yeah, I I had no intention whatsoever to speak because uh, I was only used to, you know, speaking to me was you you write a speech on note cards, you practice a little bit and you you (laughs) present it. I hadn't written down anything, hadn't prepared anything. And uh, I didn't want to say anything like like the young people say. I didn't want to say anything out of pocket. And so uh, I uh, I was I was not going to say anything. But after hearing some of the things that I heard that night in that uh, in that hall, uh, I, I just have to say it. I, I was infuriated and I felt like I needed to speak up and need to speak my piece no matter what the cost may be. And so uh, what you saw uh, is a direct result of that. Well, one of the lines in that speech became uh, the title of your first book. Uh, it was re- released recently. It's called We Are the Majority by Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, The Life and Passions of a Patriot. That's We Are the Majority. I think it's endorsed by somebody you may have heard of. His last name is G-O-R-K-A. Get the book, We Are the Majority. Tell us what happened after you gave that speech. Did the gun show occur and how did you end up as lieutenant governor of the state of North Carolina? Well, yes, the gun show did take place and they did drop that issue uh, for a while. Eventually, they revisited it a number of years later and some changes were made in how the how the gun show was held in this area. But the gun show did survive. And uh, after that uh, video went viral, I was approached by uh, politicians, pundits, uh, activists, who uh, wanted to put me in front of folks to speak to them about our constitution, about conservative and about conservative causes. So I found my, I found myself traveling all over the country. Uh, every you know I went to a bunch of places, even went out of the country, even received an international award. I went to to Nuremberg, Germany, to receive uh, an award there uh, on behalf of those who were fighting for gun rights in Europe. And so. Um, you know, I was caught up in a whirlwind. I left my job. I left school. I put everything on hold to pursue these opportunities that I had in front of me. But it came down to a point where I said, you know, what are we going to do with this opportunity that we have here to reach out to people? Are we going to just talk? Are we going to try to make money? What are we going to do? And uh, the more people approached me about how much money I could make because this thing went viral, uh, the more I became displeased with that idea and realized that I don't believe God put me behind that podium that night 
uh, to get rich and famous. He did it because he sees the rights that he gave us being threatened. And I think that he's raising up a regiment of people to protect those rights. And I believe that on that night, I was one of them. And so I said, if I want to continue to serve in that capacity, the best thing that I can do is step into the arena where changes are made. And that's the political arena. And so we decided to run for lieutenant governor. And here I am. Well, we reached out to you almost immediately. We got you on the show, and we are delighted to see what you have done with yourself and what you've done for the people of North Carolina. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the things you have been fighting against, uh, the assault on men and women, critical race theory. You've been fighting that from your new office. Have things improved, or has the left got even more aggressive since that meeting at that town hall? You know, I think that the left has gotten a lot more aggressive. And the reason why they've gotten more aggressive is because we've gotten more aggressive in pushing back. Uh, A lot of their efforts are starting to fail, thank God, because parents uh, are are waking up. Parents are demanding better for their children. They're demanding better for their uh, neighborhoods. They're demanding better all around. And uh, although we see the left raging and still pushing and still pushing these agendas, we're starting to see the average ordinary American citizen wake up and realize that many of the places in many places in this country are headed in the wrong direction and they're bound and determined to see it go in the right direction. So those folks are waking up. They're becoming politically aware. They're becoming socially aware and they're pushing back against these agendas that, quite frankly, can end up destroying this nation. Follow uh, this man right now at Mark Robinson NC on Twitter. That's Mark Robinson NC and also LT gov lieutenant governor ltgov.nc.gov and the book is we are the majority you're listening to america first it's the manhood hour with me your host sebastian gorka if you enjoy our deep dives with the newsmakers with the real experts the manhood hour making movies great again all of our long form shows make sure you are subscribed go to your favorite podcast platform go to spotify go to apple podcast plug in my name sebastian gorka america first it's absolutely free to you leave us a five-star review and share the links with your friends if you are america first don't forget likewise to wear america first to show your pride check out all the made in america america first gear at sebgorkastore.com the hottest selling item remains our fbi t-shirt jointly released with chris plant but this time it stands for fascist bureau of intimidation the latest product is our elon musk t-shirt and mug it's hashtag twitter files all the things we're learning about the censorship of americans you got to pay attention and you asked for it and we made it it's the america first challenge coin you got to have one in your pocket it's got president trump's face on it our motto stay frosty get yours today everything made in america sebgorkastore.com that's s-e-b-g-o-r-k-a sebgorkastore.com all right so let's uh let's get down to business a uh, first uh, uh, official question we have to ask on the manhood hour is how bad is the assault against gender as we know it what men are what women are you're fighting it with your policies from the office of the lieutenant governor how serious is the assault from the radicals well you know it's very serious it is very serious when you look and you see people who have uh who who have the or the audacity to sit in front of kindergartners and discuss adult topics like uh being um a non-binary and to discuss these adult topics. And again, there's nothing wrong with adults discussing these things amongst themselves. 
uh, amongst other adults. But when you present these things to children, we're skirting we're skirting on dangerous ice here, uh, skating on dangerous thin ice here. And uh, I don't believe the the results will be good. But people are actually they're they're actually very bold Uh, here in my office. When we presented some of the pornographic materials that are uh, present in our school libraries and are recommended reading for minor children, when we showed those images at that press conference to the news cameras, those news media outlets blurred out those images when uh, they presented it on their newscast. So I believe we're in a very bad place right now and we need to Take a step back and realize if you want to have conversations about gender fluidity or about uh, being non-binary or, or, or any of those associated topics, those are topics for adult people to have in their own private space. Those are not topics that should be shared with children at any school, I don't believe, and should never, ever be shared uh, with minor children uh, that are not your own children that you don't have purview over. But uh, we can definitely see the assault on it because we can see it in our public schools and we can see it in, in other venues as well. Now, you're, you're actually you're not just you know, an activist. You're not just a quote unquote influencer. You're actually, you know, helping to run a state, a very important state in the republic. So you're doing the policy work, the heavy lifting. So this next question is really important. Have you identified, so, you know, all of these things like, you know, toxic masculinity and we've got to undermine the, the uh, patriarchy, all this kind of verbiage, this ideology. Have you identified what the source is? Is it... Uh, is it the teacher training colleges? Is it the unions? Is it a certain political party? In all your work that you've done since you've become lieutenant governor, have you have you identified a, an epicenter for all of this ideological garbage? I, you know, I know exactly where it comes from. It comes from uh, the uh, Marxist socialist. Uh, it comes from the Marxist socialist communist way of thinking. They have to destroy uh, our, our modus operandi as we know it in this nation. And our modus operandi is the nuclear family, mother, father and children. Yeah. Uh, they call it a patriarchy. But it's, you know, anyone that knows anything about the nuclear family in America knows that mothers and fathers have been working in as tag teams uh, across this nation and throughout history as since time began. Uh, there is no real, quote, leader in the home. Each each individual leads in their own way and serves their own purposes to get done what they need to do for their households. Uh, by and large, much of what these uh, leftists talk about when they talk about toxic masculinity and the patriarchy, it's this myth that says that men are brutal thugs that go around and keep their uh, their uh their boots on the necks of women. We know that's not true, Sebastian. We know it's not true. We see it every day. I serve in the Senate with women who lead every day, and they're fantastic women, strong women who are great leaders. Uh, My own mother is the greatest example of leadership that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, So we know that their narrative is not true, but they much preach that narrative in order to destroy the social uh, systems that made this nation so great so that they can fundamentally transform it into the, the socialist so-called utopia that they want to see. 
fabulous answer. We salute your mother, anyone who could uh, help raise someone like you, Lieutenant Governor Robinson. That must be an impressive lady. Uh, you're talking about the family. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, for a moment. So my, my former Salem colleague, Larry Elder, released a film last year called Uncle Tom 2, the movie, about exactly this, the Marxist influence uh, on on the left in America and how it targets families. And the first four minutes of the movie, as the credits are rolling, are these incredible home movies that they found from black families from the 40s and 50s. And And the imagery is big, happy families, affluent families, well-dressed families. There's grandparents, there's dad, there's big extended families celebrating America together. Is it fair to say that perhaps the black family has suffered the most from this assault on concepts of classic masculinity? Absolutely. I I believe that's fair to say. Uh, Growing up where I grew up and how I grew up, I saw it firsthand. One of the things that uh, unfortunately that has happened since the Lyndon Johnson's Great Society program, or as I call it, his assault on the black family, um, uh, is that, you know, we've left behind the fact that we did our greatest work and we showed our best and we did our best, even in, a, in the toughest times, Sebastian, in the toughest times in this nation, when racism was at an all time high, uh, black people achieved more and were able to overcome more when they worked together as family units, when there was mother and father and grandmother and, and, and grandfather, and when family was sacred, and when we did not, uh, we had not abandoned the concept of marriage and keeping marriages together, we achieved great things. But you see now that we are, by and large, in many areas, we have abandoned that. And you see the disrepair in many of those neighborhoods, the poverty, the despair, the generational poverty that exists. And you see what exists in those neighborhoods. You see broken families. You see mother and father not together to take care of the children, not together in the home. And so we see that proliferation of that. And uh, it, it has been dreadful over the past decades. We're talking to the lieutenant governor of the great state of North Carolina. Follow him at Mark Robinson NC. Uh, also, the website is LTGOV, like lieutenant governor, dot NC.gov. The book. I can strongly recommend it to you. I've read it. Is we are the majority. You're listening to the Manhood Hour with me, Sebastian Gorka. If you enjoy, enjoy our show, please support those who make it possible. Great patriots like Mike Lindell. He's under the gun. The left want to cancel him. Why? Because he's a patriot. He loves America. He believes in God and the Bible and the family. They've even banned his products from Walmart. Walmart has gone woke. Let's have his back today. He's got some amazing BOGO offers. The My Pill- 2.0. Yes, he sold 71 million of the first one. Now he's updated. If it's even better, I use it. My whole team does. President Trump loves them. Get up to 66% off his line of more than 150 other incredible items. The sheepskin line slippers are superb. Just a little hint there. Call them 800-829-8468 mypillow.com, but you've got to use the secret code. That's 800-829-8468 mypillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. If you like this show make sure you're following us on all social media we are everywhere that it matters we're on truth social we're on twitter facebook parlor instagram getter telegram clout hub you can watch us yes we're a tv show at salemnewschannel.com and you can get my 
personal products and access to me at sebastiangorka.substack.com. That's my name, Sebastian Gorka, in one word, .substack.com. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented the MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread, the MyPillow 2.0 is the softest and coolest pillow you'll ever own for my exclusive listeners the my pillow 2.0 has a buy one get one free offer with promo code gorka my pillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100 made in the usa and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee just go to mypillow.com click on the radio list of square for the buy one get one free offer enter promo code gorka or call 800-829-8468 that's code g-o-r-k-a go today. Right, so this is a fun question. Uh, I've got lots of different answers uh, over the uh, weeks and months that we've been doing this. When you think of manhood, Lieutenant Governor, when you think of um, how you learned what it means to be a man, who was it in your childhood, in your you know, early years of becoming a young man that influenced your understanding? We've had all kinds of answers. We've, we've had fictional characters in invention novels. We've had football coaches, uncles, granddads. For you, who was the person that most helped you understand what you need to be as a man? You know, I don't think it was any one person, uh, but I can tell you this. I I would love to say it was it was my father, but I had I, I grew up in a very non-traditional house and didn't have a very traditional relationship with my father. Uh, but I, I went to church at a church called St. Stephen's United Church of Christ uh, there in Greensboro, where I grew up. And in that church was the first examples that I saw uh, where I saw black men who had good jobs and were married and uh, maintained great homes and were well-dressed and had served in the military. And, and, and they were they were my role models. Uh, when I went to church and saw those men, uh, they became my role models. And I sought to emulate many of them. And I could call them out by name, many of them now. Uh, but uh, they were more or less my mentors in life, uh, even though some of them I never even really spoke to or got to know. Uh, and I don't know if they know what kind of influence they had on me, but that was the first place that I ever saw uh, men that I would that maybe know what I wanted to be and how I wanted to be. You know, someone asked me once because a lot of times I'll wear cufflinks and, uh, you know, uh, uh, pocket squares. And I like to look nice. And he asked me why. And I said, because I really feel a great, uh, that I owe a debt of gratitude to those who went before me who may not have been able to be in the position that I'm in, who may not have had uh, any of the finer things in life, that may not have ever been able to wear a suit and tie, but worked hard every day to take care of their families. Uh, I would debt a gratitude to those men uh, to now carry myself with the dignity that is uh, uh, befitting of their legacy. And uh, so those are the men that I saw, those men that that church and those men that I would see every day when I'd sit on my porch in the evening and and watch the men come home from work with their lunch boxes and their hard hats. Uh, Those are the folks that let me know what it was, what it meant to be a man. Those folks who stood up and uh, were proud of themselves and worked hard. So those are my first examples of manhood. 
Well, as an individual who hosts this show every day with a pocket square and my cufflinks, I, I can relate. Uh, it's, uh, it shows respect. shows respect for your audience and the people uh, that you happen to be meeting with every single day. Uh, and what was your decision to, to join the military? How, how did that happen? Well, I, I tell you, when I was a small, when I was a young man, well, not a young man, when I was a child, uh, one of my favorite activities was to walk down to the public library. Uh, it was like a refuge for me, uh, mainly because they had air conditioning. <laughs> uh, summer day, you know, you can go down to the library, sit at the table, enjoy the cool breeze and, and read books. And I was always fascinated with looking at books about the military and about police officers. And uh, I would look at those books. But by and large, every time I did, all of the soldiers that I saw were white soldiers, which didn't bother me per se. But I can tell you how energized I can- became the first time. And it was at the church that I attended. I saw a black man wearing Marine Corps dress blues. I saw him standing in that church. And how, how, gave, how old were you? Were you a kid, a young I was, man? I was young. I was maybe 10. Wow. Uh, maybe, maybe 10 years old. And I saw him tall, strong, wearing those dress blues with those ribbons. And uh, I just, it gave me great energy. And it let me know that, you know, you too can be a Marine. You can be a soldier. You can be anything. And uh, I, I distinctly remember that. And uh, that is when I, you know, really made up my mind that at some point I was going to join the United States military. And then I was fortunate in high school to join what's called the Junior ROTC. Uh, that gave me some quasi-military training. And then from there, I went on to join the Army Reserves and become a medic with the Army Reserves. So I had a great experience in the military. I, I, I did. It was a very good, very good experience. Is there anybody in the military that had an influence on, on your understanding of what it means to be a man? Is there a drill sergeant, anybody you worked with? Oh, absolutely. You know, that was one of the things that I loved about the military was, you know, I, I love the, the some of those older older sergeants that I served with in my reserve uh, unit. Uh, I was very young. I was 17 when I joined. Wow. And uh, wow. some of those uh, older sergeants that were in there gave us such great advice. We didn't understand it at the time. <laughs> uh, but looking back on it now, they gave us some great advice and, and tried the, the best they could to get us to walk straight and narrow. And I believe to a great extent they did. Uh, and uh, there are many, many people that I met along the way in the military who, uh, you know, I greatly admired. We're talking to Mark Robertson. He's the lieutenant governor of the great state of North Carolina. This is the Manhood Hour on the Salem News Channel with me, your host, Sebastian Gorka, coming to you from the ReliefFactor.com studios. Relief Factor, pain relief that works, pain relief that's real, pain relief that is liberating half a million Americans across the country right now, including me. But it's not just me. It's people like Reggie from Florida. This is Reggie's story. I have a lot of pain from aging, and after only four days of using Relief Factor, I'm already experiencing less pain and stiffness. Can't wait to see how I feel in a couple more weeks. Relief Factor is a blessing sent by God. Incredible words, powerful words. Find out for yourself there's only one way, but it's super easy. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you, like it works for me, Reggie, and 500,000 of your fellow Americans. Call today. Don't wait any longer. 800 500 8384relieffactor.com. You deserve to know if you could be the next success story. That's 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. 
This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. Thank you to everybody who's still commenting, especially if you haven't seen me in a while. Hey, you look great. Yeah, because that's the new Dr. G, 42 pounds lighter, thanks to the amazing team and the offices, the good offices of Dr. Ashley Lucas and her My PhD Weight Loss Regimen. No stupid calorie counting, no pills to pop, no starvation diet, five meals a day that just help you burn the fat. For 20 years, I've been trying to lose the weight. This time, it worked. Are you fed up? Have you you given up, don't. Try this amazing, amazing new diet program. Call them today, 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com. If I can do it, anyone can. That's 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com, myphdweightloss.com. All right, so uh, you've answered one of one aspect of this already, Lieutenant Governor. Um, here, I'd like you to help me understand, for you, what is the definition of manhood? What are the characteristics? What are the things that are non-negotiable? You mentioned one word already, that's dignity. If you're a real man, if you're a true man, what other characteristics must you demonstrate? I think the number one thing that a man uh, needs to demonstrate, is, and here it is, is responsibility. You are responsible. You need to display a sense of responsibility for yourself. You need to res- display a, a sense of responsibility for your children. And you need to display a sense of responsibility to the mother of your children, i.e. your wife. Uh, responsibility is the hallmark of a man. Uh, we can talk at length about toughness. We can talk about at length about education. We can talk at length about what you do for a living. But none of those things, none of those things will amount to anything if you are not responsible uh, and do not have a great deal of responsibility. I can look back in my life and I can see uh, when I uh, refuse to be responsible either for my shortcomings or for my mistakes, that is when I made my biggest mistakes in life. So responsibility has got to be at the top of the list uh, when you talk about a man being uh, a man or manhood. A man should be responsible and should take responsibility uh, for for uh, for his responsibilities. I guess that's the best way I could put it. He should take responsibility for his responsibilities and not shy away from them at all. Deal with them head on and uh, be the man that God would want you to be. And when you look at the next generation, when you look at the young boys like the boy that you were, going to that library, looking at those books about, about our warfighters. 
What are the kinds of things we should be doing with that next generation? What do we need to teach? We can say words like responsibility and dignity, but what kinds of activities, what kinds of things should be on the syllabus of young boys to make sure that they grow up to be those responsible adult men? Well, the very first thing we need to do is we need to push this ideology of, of leftists that, that come from the leftists of this victim mentality, this soft bigotry of low expectation. We need to purge that from every learning institution that we can purge it from. It needs to be gone because the way that you encourage somebody to be responsible is by encouraging them to be excellent. And you cannot do that if you're allowing them uh, to make excuses in life uh, for uh, for their bad behavior. Or, or even for their shortcomings, because with our shortcomings, we can overcome our shortcomings by uh, applying ourselves appropriately. I've learned that in my life, and I've seen a myriad of people, numbers of people who have done that. They, they understand that they have shortcomings in their life. They understand they may have struggles in their life, but they deal with them head on, and they take the responsibility of tackling those things uh, straight on. Uh, and that's what we need to do. The number one thing we need to do is purge the victim mentality from uh, from our educational lexicon, and and we need to move forward and make sure that our students understand you're not a victim. You're not a victim. You can you even if you are victimized, you're still not a victim. You can stand up and be victorious if. You strive for excellence and you do the right things. And that's what we need to be teaching our children. And that's how we need to be teaching our children in all forms. I think we've got the uh, title for, for this hour. Even if you're victimized, you're not a victim. Those are very, very powerful words. What about the danger that I've seen? I've even suffered from it myself, uh, Lieutenant Governor, that when it comes to our children's education, we kind of, you know, make them their lunch, put them on the bus or have, you know, the, the, our, our carpool pick them up and we kind of hands off and then they come back, you know, six hours later, eight hours later, and we're not paying attention to what's being taught in the schools. That has to end, doesn't it? Absolutely. And to a great extent, it has. One of the, one of the things that came out of the COVID debacle was that parents got to look at what's going on inside their classrooms and they don't like it and they're speaking up. And they're they're understanding now, uh, a great many of them, that in order to get it right and to get it right for their children, they have to get involved. And thank God so many parents now are are getting getting involved in their children's education. And I like to say it like this. I don't want to see parents just get involved. I want to see children being parents be in charge of their children's educational destiny. That is what has got to happen in order for our school systems to be successful. Uh, because as it stands right now, the status quo, like we said, is to put your child on the bus and trust that public education will take care of the rest. We can no longer do that. We have got to ensure that those folks that we trust at the public school to do the job of educating our children are giving our children what they need to succeed and not giving our children what they think they want, what they want them to hear. Not an agenda, not some social experiment, not uh, social engineering. But honest to God, education is going to give those children what they need to succeed once they leave that classroom. Parents are demanding that in great numbers now, and I hope to see it increase because that is the only way we're going to get to a place where our education system is what it should be in this country. The book is We Are the Majority, and that's a very important title because we are. It's the radicals 
who are in the minority, the extremists, those who want to indoctrinate our children. We are in the majority. It's the new book by our guest, Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, Mark Robinson. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is the Manhood Hour. You are listening to America First with me, Sebastian Gorka, on the Salem News Channel. Uh, we are coming to you from just outside the insalubrious, fetid, rank, malodorous, noisome swamp that is Washington, D.C., from the ReliefFactor.com studios. Relief Factor, pain relief that's real, pain relief that works, pain relief that I started taking four years ago and relieved me of my lower back pain that had plagued me for nine years. Yes, almost a decade, but it's not just me. It's people like Leah from Ohio. This is Leah's story. One Sunday morning, I sat on my couch in so much tears, uh, so much pain, I was in tears. That's the day I ordered Relief Factor. Following directions, in eight days, I found relief, only to get better and better. I'm a believer 100%. That story, Leah's story, should be your story. It could be your story. There's only one way to find out, but it's okay. It's super easy. You go to relieffactor.com. You order the three-week quick starter pack for just nineteen ninety-five. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of the three weeks, you will know whether it works for you. Like it works for me, Leah, and 500,000 of your fellow Americans. You've waited long enough. What have you, what have you got to lose? I mean, apart from the pain, nothing. Call today. 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. That number again, 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. All right, I want everybody uh, to get your bookmark, but um, the, the last question I ask all of our special guests is the same. When it comes to this assault on manhood, when it comes... When it comes to this assault on, on the traditional family and the roles of the man and, and, and the woman, are you an optimist or a pessimist? Are we winning? Are we losing? Has the tide turned? Where, where are we? Because they, they seem so organized. Even if they're in the minority, they just seem so organized. Where are we at and are we going to win? I believe we can win this. I believe we can. I believe we can turn the tide back, and what it's going to take, it's going to take for a reasonable people to stand up and say we're not going. To, we're not going to allow this. It's going to stand. It's going to take churches to stand up and start declaring from the and pastors, declaring from the pulpit that uh, men are not from Mars and that women are not from Venus. Uh, that that both are from the hand of God, and they were created to be uh, complements to each other and not uh, at conflict with each other. It's going to take uh, moms and dads to get down to those school boards and demand better for their children and say, well, our children are not going to be indoctrinated with this stuff. If you want to talk about this stuff, you go home and talk about it. But at the schoolhouse, we're not going to allow that for our children. And it's going to take ordinary citizens on their jobs to say, you know what? I'm just not going to be put up with being labeled uh, something. I'm not going to be labeled as being to- as, as having toxic masculinity because I have big muscles and a deep voice. Uh, and, and women have to stand up and say, you know, our, our sports are not going to be destroyed because you think it's fair for men to compete against us in women's sports. Everybody's got their positions that they've got to push back on to keep uh, sensible and level heads uh, at the forefront. And so I believe that we can win as long as we don't shrink back and we continue to tell the truth and let the left know that we're not afraid of them because we have the truth on our side. And I believe there are a lot of people out there that will agree with us. I think the red pilling, the wake-up moment for tens, if not hundreds of millions of Americans is this transgender extremism. 
And um, recently, you spoke at a at a church on this issue, and and the the audio cut, the video cut is amazing. Let's play that. Something else I'm not supposed to say. Ain't but two genders. Two genders. Ain't nothing but men and women. And I can already see WRL out there. They got their licking their pencils right now. Trying to write fierce as they can. Get every word of this here. Get every word of this. You can go to the doctor and get cut up. You can go down to the dress shop and get made up. You can go down there and get drugged up. But at the end of the day, you were just a drugged up, dressed up, made up, cut up, man or woman. You ain't changed what God put in you, that DNA. You can't transcend God's creation. I don't care how hard you try. The transgender movement in this country, if there's a movement in this country that is demonic, and that is full of the spirit of Antichrist. It is the transgender movement. It's time for grown-ups and time for Christians to start standing up and being unafraid to tell the truth. Come after me if you want to. I don't care. You want my head? Here it is right here. Come on, come get it. I don't care because it's time for us to stand up. And I'm not afraid to stand up and tell the truth about that issue. They're dragging our kids down into the pit of hell, trying to teach them that mess in our schools. Tell you like this, that ain't got no place at no school. Two plus two don't equal transgender. It equals four. We need to get back to teaching them how to read instead of teaching them how to go to hell. Yeah, I said it and I mean it. That is the preacher, Mark Robinson. Uh, Mark, I'm confused. Uh, that's amazing, but I didn't see you reading any notes. Uh, no, that, there were no notes with that. Uh, that was that was straight from the heart. That was uh, that was straight off God's plate. It sure was. And you know, we don't back up from those words at all because you know I have a higher calling than, than serving in public office. So work, serving in public office is a wonderful privilege. Uh, but there's a higher calling here, Sebastian, and that higher calling is to let people know the truth. And the truth of the matter is that we have folks out there right now that are preaching a gospel that says that uh, God's word doesn't matter and his creation is false. And that's not true. And that is uh, destroying people's lives. You can look across this world right now and you can see how that is destroying people's lives. You know, I told the pastor of my church that I recently joined, I told him the greatest mission that I believe that I have is not to change people's political ideology. The greatest mission that I have in life is to, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to people so that people would be saved and they would not uh, uh, fall into hell when they when they pass away, when they leave this earth, to get people saved and see that their souls are saved. And that starts with telling uh, some hard truths about what's going on in this nation right now. I know a lot of people don't like it, but that's uh, that's just too bad for them. They'll have to deal with that. I think that's, and we play, I don't know, dozen clips every day and we've been doing this for four years uh, that is perhaps my my favorite clip god god bless you lieutenant governor um i want to do justice to a story that was told to me by somebody who was with you 
about a year ago, and his name is Matt Schlapp, and he shared this story with us that um, he visited you with a, a group of people, and Matt said, somebody asked you, why do you do what you do? Why do you fight the way you do, given the cost? I mean, given you know, you've been labeled uh, a racist, uh, cartoons have been drawn about you with depictions of the KKK, and you gave an amazing response to uh, my friend Matt Schlapp. Do you remember what it was? Uh, I'm not sure. It was probably something along the lines that, you know, I'm just not not afraid because God is on my side. And, you know, I, I look back and I see what all the other people uh, have sacrificed for me. Uh, I look right here on the earth, people that have sacrificed for me. I look back and I see what those folks did at places like at the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And I look back and I see what the soldiers on D-Day, uh, the cost that they paid for me, the, the soldiers at Gettysburg and all the places where people have fought for, for our freedom to give me the wonderful freedoms that I have. And then, of course, it all goes back right back to Jesus Christ. And it goes back to who we call the greatest man who, ever was, ever, who was ever born to a woman, which is John the Baptist. John the Baptist was willing to give his head for the truth and for the glory of God. And Jesus Christ called him the greatest man who ever, uh, ever born to a woman because of it. So the truth is all we have, and we have to de- declare it. And because we have God on our side, we cannot be afraid to do it. And I'm not afraid to do it. And all the naysayers out there, all the people who call all the names and you know, say that I'm not fit to be in office because of the way that I believe, none of that matters. What matters to me is when I leave this earth and I stand in front of God, that I hear those words, from, those words from him when he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's the only thing that matters to me. And making sure that along the way I save as many souls as possible and bring the truth to as many people as possible. Because that's what we have to do on this earth. We have to tell the truth and we have to stand up for what's right. Well, you said it much better than Matt did. Matt said something about uh, you not wanting to be on your deathbed, looking at the ceiling and saying, could I have done more? Um, but your, your, your version is, is uh, so much more poetic. Uh, Mark Robinson, Lieutenant Governor Robinson, I wish we had um, thousands of more people like you, especially in public office. I want to thank you. I know we're doing it electronically in a, a matter of quite some distance, but I want to thank you for what you're doing, not just for the people of your great state, but the example that you are demonstrating to all Americans and all members of our you know, Judeo-Christian civilization of what it means to have courage and to speak the truth and not care what the diabolically influenced people say about you. So thank you, Mark, for what you're doing. Can't wait to see you for a, a Chinese dinner here in the swamp. In the meantime, it's We Are The Majority is the book. Follow him right now at Mark Robinson NC. And also the website is Lieutenant Governor LTGov.NC.gov. Sorry, LTGov.NC.gov. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been listening to The Manhood Hour. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty. brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream to do. Ask not what you
what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. And Rush, in recognition of all that you have done for our nation, the millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire, and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity, I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor the Presidential Medal of Freedom. the First Lady of the United States to present you with the honor, please. Now that is a State of the Union. That was three years ago, President Trump's State of the Union address, where Rush Limbaugh, the man who, I don't think it's possible to overemphasize his influence in keeping the collective patriot heart beating in America. We take it for granted that there is one cultural territory, one battlefield that we own, that patriots own. It is the only one that we own, and that is talk radio. And for decades, he was the man. He was the person others tried to emulate and always failed. But he was an inspiration, even to people like me who were simple listeners who believed that we always have a bright future that Americans never give up, never give in. One of the other cuts you'll hear today, today is the anniversary of his death. Two years ago today, we lost that titan, a man who, even in the darkest hours for him personally, when he was under withering attack from the establishment, from radicals who were targeting his advertisers, people who were smearing him as a racist, a misogynist. Did he buckle? Did he ever bend the knee to those extremists who hate our nation? 
Not once. Not once. Perhaps those are the two things we must keep with us as close to our hearts as possible when we think of Russia's legacy. It's too easy to just think of talk radio as a place we mentally live for a few hours a day where we escape the insanity, the radicalism of people who think America is the problem, people who think open borders are okay and other nations are better than us, that you must be punished based upon your skin color, that being a strong nation is a bad thing. Talk radio is much more than a quote-unquote conservative safe space. It is our fuel. It is the place we plug into for inspiration. I did until four years ago. If anybody had told me I would be hosting a radio show, I would have said, you know, get thee to the funny farm. It's a tool that helps us maintain focus on that which matters. The other thing he said is it's never time to despair. One of the evergreen cuts that will never be deleted from our archive is not long before he died. He said, I was asked by a listener, are things so bad that this is when we despair? And he said, no. It's never time to despair. Why is that? Because despair is un-American. A, it's unchristian. so let's talk about our civilization for a moment. If our Lord and Savior actually decided to send his only begotten Son down to earth for us, and that his Son, who is both God and man, willingly despite the fact that he could have commanded thousands of angels to protect him, died for our sake, taking our sins upon himself to reestablish the correct covenant between us and our Creator, thus providing us eternal life, then what are we talking about despair and defeat. We've already won. In the ultimate balance sheet, the ultimate scales of justice, we have won because of what happened on a hill outside Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. But secondly, it's not just about our faith in our covenantal relationship with our Creator. It's because of who we are as Americans. America, which, by the way, whether the Democrats like it or not, tough, is the apotheosis, is the pinnacle of Western civilization, the only nation in the history of Western civilization since the ancient Greeks on down, whose fundament is built upon the concept of equality, of liberty, based upon what? 
not government deigning to parcel out to us rights based upon caprice. No. Based upon the fact that as our founding document states, we are made in the image of our creator. And that is why we have freedom, liberty and dignity. So whether it's by dint of us being members of the greatest civilization the world has ever seen, the Judeo-Christian civilization, or whether it is by dint of the fact that we are Americans, we never give up, we never despair, because we have already won and because our fuel is love. Love of God, love of nation, love of family, love of all that is true, always has been and always will be. And that those who stand in our way are fueled by hate. Hate of everything that is sacred is good, and primarily, and I'm not going to get psychological on you here, but you know it's true. Just look at your liberal friends, your liberal relatives, driven by hate of themselves. That is the source of their hatred. Two years later, we salute you, Rush Limbaugh. And we don't just salute you, we thank you for what you have reminded us of. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. It's Friday. It's Second Amendment Friday. It's Ask Dr. G Anything Friday. We have an amazing lineup of guests for you. The phone number here is 833-33-GORKA. That's 833-334-6752. Make sure you are following us, subscribed on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Look for my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Leave us a five-star review. Follow us on all social media platforms and check out the store. If you're America First, wear America First. Go right now to sebgorkastore.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.